You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. Welcome, Hoosier fans, to this week's edition of Assembly Call Radio, where each week we discuss the most important topics in the world of Indiana basketball. This is our 312th edition of Assembly Call Radio and our 969th episode overall of the Assembly Call, recorded on the evening of October 12th, 2023. I am your host, Jared Morris. And let's begin this edition of the Assembly Call how we begin every edition of the Assembly Call, and that is with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. And Indiana is the national champion. When it comes down, Indiana will be champion. Smart takes the shot. All right, so I think we all know what we want next week's banner moment to be, a commitment from five-star wing Liam McNeely, and who knows, maybe even another one from five-star lead guard Boogie Flant. Each is well within reasonable possibility, and I know you, like me, are anticipating their impending decisions with great enthusiasm and curiosity. But neither decision has happened yet, so this week's banner moment is going to focus on a couple of players who are currently Hoosiers, and who, I think, understandably in many ways, enter this season flying under the radar of many national, regional, and even local college hoops analysts. I'm speaking, of course, about Indiana's two Big Ten Media Day representatives and captains, Xavier Johnson and Trey Galloway. Now look, we all know the shortcomings each player has displayed during his respective time at IU. X turns it over a little too much, he can be erratic in his decision-making on court and off, and his two-point field goal percentage, especially at the rim, is below average. Trey, too, has been erratic in his decision-making and production, and he only has one season out of three in which he's been a credible outside shooter. Both guys have also dealt with injuries, which may or may not end up being suggestive of issues to come this season. We get it. We know. All of that is true. But the reason for my off-season frustration about the conversations surrounding these two, especially X, is because because I think it's been too heavily weighted toward the negatives— Each of these two guys also bring a lot of underappreciated, tangible, and intangible positives to the table. And I suppose it's our job to make sure folks who only look at box scores and Kenpom pages understand this. They enter the season with a combined eight years of college basketball experience. Together, they form one of the most dogged, determined, and capable perimeter defensive tandems in college basketball. And they're underrated outside shooters, combining to shoot 40.9% from three, across 186 attempts when you include Trey's breakout junior season and X's two seasons at IU. And when you think back to Indiana's biggest wins over the last two years, their fingerprints are all over them, whether they were in starring roles or supporting roles, the Purdue wins, the win at Xavier, the win at Illinois, and many others. Not to mention, they provide the heartbeat for this program with their effort, competitiveness, toughness, and team-first attitudes. So look, are there other backcourts in the Big Ten that project to be better? Sure. Michigan State's, for example. And there are a handful of others around the country with better stats, more NBA potential, and that you'd probably be objectively safer placing your money on to lead their teams on deep NCAA tournament runs. But these are our guys. They're grizzled vets in a sport where that really matters. And they're more skilled and capable than many people want to give them credit for, especially if whispers of Trey's dominant play so far in practice are to be believed. So I'm excited to load up for the 2023-24 season with these two as our leaders. You may beat them, 
but you're never going to outwork or outwant them. And I'll build my backcourt around that kind of foundation any day of the week. All right, now let me introduce my co-host this week. Ryan is off, though he has promised to try to be available on Sunday should an emergency podcast be necessary. In the meantime, um, reports indicate that he has spent an inordinate amount of time admiring his own personal statue of David pose in the mirror in preparation for a visit to Florence. So apologies for that mental image. Uh, but here with me, uh, he is the Steve Aird of Girls Youth Sports Coaching in Cincinnati, the President Emeritus of the Robert Johnson Fan Club, and the world's most intimidating bracketologist, ladies and gentlemen, it is Andy Bottoms. The best of you sports coaching, you know that we got on. When it comes to analytic trends, you know he can spot them. For first-class bracketology, if you want the top, you gotta go bottoms. If you want the top, you gotta go bottoms. If you want the top, All right, Andy, you go what is your bottoms, bottoms line on the last week in Indiana basketball? Uh, you know, just, just more buildup as the season gets ready to start. You had media day, you've got a lot of uh, different previews and uh, you know, rankings of all the teams coming out, all those different things. I know we'll talk about some of that, but uh, I'll just get you excited for the season. I think, you know, listening in uh, particularly to, to some of the uh, the comments from from Woodson and, and X and Trey on the, the Big Ten Network studio, not so much, um, you know, during the actual like true media day portion of it, but when they were with Dave Repson, I think, you know, you, you, you listen to them and they're they're certainly saying the right things about teammates and uh you know who's had breakouts in the offseason and i think even some of woodson's comments uh pretty candid as we've come to expect with him that you know they got a long way to go they're trying to figure out new pieces and how they want to play but uh i think certainly if you want to you can look through that and find some inspiring uh or uh, or optimistic things that come out of those comments so um, you know, we're just a little bit closer to being able to actually see it on the court, but, um, you know, for somebody like Woodson, who's not really going to pull any punches, going to kind of tell you like it is, um, you know, think there's reason for optimism, reason for some of the bumps in the road that we've talked about, uh, in the off season. And I think, you know, his read for now on, uh, on the team feels about right, given all the turnover and everything that's there. And so, um, got a few weeks before that first game to, to, you know, iron some of those things out. But I think like you said in the beginning, uh, you know, the two guys they've got that'll really be the leaders and have the their the ball in their hands the majority of the time are, are two guys who do have a lot of experience and experience in this system. Uh, and so there's something to be said for that to be a, a hopefully steadying influence while the rest of the guys kind of fill in around them. Yeah. Well said. All right. Also here with us, he's a longtime high school basketball coach in the state of Indiana, the founder of Delphi Bracketology and a man who knows how to celebrate an epic victory in your rival's home gym. Shafino! That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It is the coach, Brian Tonsoni. He remembers the days when a movie cost a dollar. Heaven help you if you ever decide to pop your collar. Play hard, but remember, fake hustle is a crime. He's the coach, and it's Tonsoni time. Coach, it's Tonsoni time. What's on your mind? Well, I, I think I'm going to make a, a pledge tonight, fellas, that every time Malik Renew gets a double-double, I will be going and buying one of his burgers. Uh, and so uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to tasting that. Uh, I, don't, is, I don't know what the name of it is. It's the, is it the Malik Burger or, or I think whatever? It's the it's yeah, it's Renew the Malik Burger. Renew Burger, yes. Yeah. The, the Malik Renew Burger. Uh, I will pledge a double-double. That's probably the significant moment of the media, you know, all, 
uh, I, I love going to media. Uh, I didn't travel to Minneapolis this year. Uh, you do get to find out about some things, but there's not a basketball coach who said at their media event their team sucks and didn't lift weights and didn't get stronger and didn't make advances. So it, it's uh, the more I start covering this thing, the more I kind of just want to get through this and get to the exhibition games to where we can get lay eyes on the, on the actual play. But the thing that's good about media days is it just feeds that that hunger that we have for any kind of basketball news. Uh, Trey Galloway looks uh, just remarkably fit, uh, and he looks focused. I, I don't know if that's such a thing. Uh, you know, Coach Marlowe is is salivating here in the chat mob uh, as we talk about uh, Trey Galloway's, uh, you know, role on this team. And and then I also want to give a, a, a shout-out to to volleyball for beating Purdue, uh, for, for playing uh, Nebraska tough, and really a shout-out to all of the Hoosier fans that are filling Wilkinson Hall. What what an atmosphere to to see and highlights and the student body. Uh, it, it's just fantastic to see Coach Aird building that up um, and then getting some recruits on top of that. So again, uh, an Indiana program headed in the right direction. Fall baseball is is going and going well from everything that uh, we can tell. So again, we're all excited about basketball. Um, ordered my uh, floating head uh, things. Uh, schedule posters today it's just it's so close uh and, and we, we can just feel it and the excitement is building so a lot a lot to talk about a lot to wonder about until we see the guys and the gals on the court absolutely all right well here's what we have in store this week segment one we'll go through our hoosier headlines congratulate our friends at crimson cast for hitting their thousandth episode and then also do a little recruiting reset here on you know, with some big decisions coming up in segment two, we're going to react to Big Ten Media Day and some of the preseason Big Ten polls. And then in segment three, we will answer your questions in the mailbag. All of that coming this week on Assembly Call Radio. But first, let's talk about our presenting sponsor. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, this edition of Assembly Call Radio, just like all shows on the Back Home Network, presented by our friends at Homefield Apparel, where they have the largest collection of vintage IU apparel that you will find anywhere. And as you have probably noticed when you've been outside, the calendar is turning, the weather is changing, the leaves are changing color, and it's starting to become that type of weather when you can wear the crew necks again, you can wear the hoodies again. Coach, you seem to be wearing a Homefield Apparel hoodie. Auburn? That's an opponent. Uh, Auburn. What are you doing? <laughs> I thought it was Virginia. <laughs> no. Whoops. <laughs> it's Auburn. It, it matches my sweatpants, and I, I know I'm an ugly dude, but I, I, I just have to match. I got some navy blue sweatpants on. Uh, it's, I should have changed for the show. Well, you look incredibly comfortable, and that's the thing. You wear home field apparel. You get, to, you get to support you know, college sports teams, even teams that your team is going to be playing this season. Uh, and obviously you're supporting a great Indiana-based company that came up through Kelly. They do so many great things, uh, you know, just for, for everybody that works for them and for all of us uh, who follow them and who order from them. And now's a great time to go. If you want to get kind of an early jump on your Christmas shopping, go to homefieldapparel.com. You can use our promo code HOME23 and you'll get 15% off your entire first order. That is promo code HOME23 for 15% off. Uh, homefieldapparel.com. They've got a little something for everybody, anyone who's a college sports fan. So go there. The website, again, homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. Okay. Um, 
before we get to Hoosier headlines, I want to take just a brief moment uh, and make a short statement about the significant world headline that has hit very close to home for many of us, uh, even if it is occurring thousands of miles away. And that is, of course, this week's savage surprise attack by Hamas on Israel and the resulting brutal ongoing conflict that is putting so many innocent civilians in harm's way or, unfortunately, much, much worse. Uh, my mom's side of the family is Jewish. My business partner's wife was in Jerusalem when the attack occurred. Uh, fortunately, she was able to return home safely. But, you know, those personal connections and others have obviously made it hard to focus on much else this week. I know the same goes for a lot of you. And even just in our little assembly call community, in the IU sports community more broadly, there are connections to these tragic events from our producer Ari to community members like Jim and Ethan to members of the IU content community like Eric Pankowski and athletes like women's basketball player Yarden Garzon. This has been a week of anguish and anger and sadness and fear and uncertainty. And we, all of us here at the assembly call, just want you to know that you are seen, you are heard. You're cared about and understood in so much as we are able to understand uh, what you are going through. And while my personal connections are much more on the Israeli side of this conflict, at the end of the day, we are all human beings who just want to be protected, to be loved, and to be given the opportunity to pursue happiness and fulfillment. So it is not hard to condemn indiscriminate terror of any kind and feel great empathy and sorrow for any innocent person who is going through one of the most horrific experiences a human being can endure, can endure. Um, you know, we talk about a lot of silly stuff on the show, and it's a fun and useful diversion. But weeks like this one really put things into perspective. You know, we are so very fortunate to have the luxury of spending two hours here chatting about a basketball team. So it seems useful to take at least a few moments to think about and empathize with those who don't. So, uh, you know, thank you, uh, Andy and Coach and Ryan. Uh, you know, for listening. Uh, or thank you, everybody here for listening. Thank you guys for your support. Um, and also, you know, I just saw um, Ari texted me uh, that tomorrow Hoosier Hysterics uh, are doing a special episode uh, with Yard and Garzone, um, which obviously will be one uh, that'll be you know very very interesting to listen to uh, to get you know their perspectives on this and much much more. Um, so anyway, uh, just want to say that thank you for for listening. Um, and now we will make the most awkward transition in the history of the show uh, and get back to uh, to talking hoops. Um, all right, uh, guys, I think we should probably start by congratulating our friends at Crimson Cast on reaching a thousand episodes. I don't know if you had a chance to listen uh, to their, uh, you know, to their show, um, that they put out earlier today, they, you know, kind of went through the history of their show, what got them started, um, all of that, you know, and, and, and then kind of talk through, uh, you know, spend an hour, you know, talking through the men's basketball team, you know, and, and I know, look, you know, we <laughs> say a lot of things and kind of joke, you know, back and forth with those guys, but I think I speak on behalf of all of us and obviously I'll let you guys speak on this too. Um, just a just heartfelt appreciation for what they've meant for the IU, um, you know, podcasting community. They've been a real example for us. You know, we've looked up to them and tried to follow their example. You know, and no one's done it better. No one's done it longer than those guys. And you know, if you've hosted a podcast, you know how special uh, hitting uh, a thousand episodes is. So um, you know, we just want to congratulate those guys because it's awesome. Make sure you listen to that episode. Um, it's really really good. Um, you know. Crimson Cast is, they're the best. They're the OGs. Uh, and so we're just uh, really proud of them and really excited they were able to make that milestone. 
do you, uh, Andy, you want to say some words about? Yeah, sure. I, uh, I, I did get a chance to listen to it today. Um, you know, I, I think I'd heard bits and pieces of kind of how they started doing it, but they delved a little bit more into that at the beginning of the show. Um, got more in depth on the, uh, the Egyptian hacker scenario that they have described on multiple occasions <laughs> that, uh, that, uh, lost some of their, uh, episodes to the, uh, to the annals of time. But, uh, but now just, uh, I mean, anybody who's talked as much about IU football as they have over those thousand episodes deserves, uh, kudos at, <laughs> at the very least, uh, for doing that. But, uh, it was funny. I, they, they were talking through some of that. I remember I stumbled upon them in one of the first couple of, of Crean years. Um, and, uh, you know, have kind of stuck with them ever since and, and really enjoyed, uh, you know, really enjoyed their perspective and uh, things like that. And I think, you know, what they some of the origin of, of what they talked about is a little bit of what, you know, kind of we talk about the same stuff. It's like I think I forget who said it, but it was like, you know, you're just kind of talking about basketball with your friend and uh other people are listening and, and some of that stuff i think we uh if we can emulate some of that uh then all the better for for everybody involved but uh no certainly enjoyed the episode good to hear them talk a little bit about the basketball season also probably good for them to have a bit of a diversion from uh talking about the football team and uh and we go from there but no congrats to those guys uh awesome uh awesome partners on the back home network or the home network as scott likes to call it and uh <laughs> You know, so uh, happy to happy to have them uh, aboard and uh, share the airwaves with them. It's my, always always a good time. My favorite my favorite part of the episode, in addition to Scott's admission that he's never beaten Castlevania, uh, was the trip down memory lane of the intense recruiting battle for Hunter Perea between Indiana and Central Michigan. Which, when you when you get to that part, it really, it made me laugh. Um, <laughs> Coach, and then, by the way, I, I think Scott might have coined a new tagline for us. I'm going to play that audio in a second, but Coach, I want to give you a chance to say something about them, too. Yeah, it, it's just nice to to be associated um, with Crimson Cast. They do good work. Uh, I have not had the chance to listen to the episode yet today, but will uh, going into this weekend. It's just, uh, I will second what Andy says. Uh, they, they do a very good job of covering a tough situation right now um, in Indiana football. They had a couple years where it wasn't, <laughs> it was kind of fun uh, to podcast about. Uh, and, and they just do, they just give a, a really good analysis. I think fair, obviously fair analysis uh, of what's going on. So congratulations. Uh, it, it's uh, amazing to hit a thousand uh, as a podcast. It speaks for the, the fan base that uh, they have uh, created and the Indiana fan base that we just like, we like good information and we, we, we like good people. And, and that's what Crimson Cast is all about. Sure. And obviously, you know, what I've always respected is the way Galen has used his platform to give students opportunities to get experience yeah. and, you know, to, to build their name and, and you know, grow their audience and attention. Um, and so it's great. So here's the audio. This is the part where, again, I think Scott may have coined our new tagline. I'm going to play this here real quick. And this is where they were kind of talking, Andy, about how their show was set up. And, you know, it's great to just be able to go, you know, talk with your friends, uh, you know, like you're just talking on the phone. Here's what Scott said. It's funny how life turns out because now as you get older, you have kids. It's like, I think this works way better for our lifestyle than it's like, oh, like I you and I talk privately, but I'll say just a little public. There's times where I'm like, man, I feel bad for Jared. It's like Tuesday night, Thursday, like they'll have like, you know, four games in like eight days. It's like, man, that's, that's tough. They gotta, they gotta hop on and they gotta do it. Um, but you know, such is the life they, they picked, but no, I, I, I love doing this with you. It's, it's been awesome. And, uh, yeah, let's get to 2000, man. Let's go for, you know, 2,500. It's, I, I 
very curious what else they say about us in these private conversations, but there's the line. Such is the life that they picked. We are telling you all here in the offseason, remember this, when we inevitably complain about four shows and eight nights this season, it's our damn fault, and we love it, so just tell us to shut up, because... Such is the life they, they picked. Yes, exactly. So thank you for that real talk, Scott. We <laughs> appreciate it. Uh, appreciate the reminder. Um, gentlemen, let's talk about recruiting. Liam McNeely is set to make his announcement on Sunday. Uh, we're not going to get into the whole scouting report stuff. If the announcement goes our way, we will have an emergency podcast. You know, it's Sunday and there's no set time yet, so it's a little bit difficult to plan. As you know, we'll do our best to go live like right after the announcement, but we've got uh, people coming over to do pumpkin carving, and there's some different things going on here on Sunday. Uh, so who knows if it'll happen right after. But if you want to kind of track what's happening with him this weekend, he and his Montverde team are playing in the Top Flight Invitational as the Florida Eagles. Uh, that's the team with Cooper Flagg, Derek Queen, Curtis Givens. Uh, they are favored to do very well in this tournament. Their first game is Friday at 1045 Eastern time, late start, uh, on ESPN+. Plus. They play again Saturday, and then they'll play Sunday at either 5 o'clock, 7 o'clock, or 9 o'clock, depending on how they do. The game will be on ESPNU if it's in the 5 or 7 o'clock window. It'll be on ESPN2 in the title game. Now, sometimes at these events, players have made their announcement you know, at halftime of the game or before the game. As soon as we find out word of when it'll be, we'll post it in the community. I'm sure I'll you know, tweet it, uh, all that stuff. We just don't know yet. But the decision is expected to come on Sunday. And again, I, you know, as I said in the banner moment, whether it was last week or the week before, I continue to feel confident approaching the decision. Nothing's guaranteed, but the fact that Kansas just got a commitment from Rakeese Passmore, uh, who was a, uh, you know, another wing is kind of another data point that would seem to be in favor of Indiana, along with all of the Indiana players in his mentions on Instagram and other things. So a lot of signs pointing toward Indiana again, you know, not, nothing set in stone, um, but Andy, do you have uh, any thoughts as we approach uh, finally the commitment of Liam McNeely and find out where he's going to go? I mean, glad to get it out of the way before the season, at least. It has provided some content to kind of bridge the gap between uh, the, yeah. the doldrums of, of the summer into the regular season. So I guess that's uh, I guess that's a good thing. But no, no, no other feelings. I mean, like you said, seems like the news continues to be uh, pretty positive, but uh, you never know until they actually make the announcement and uh even then there's <laughs> certainly been instances where people haven't followed through on that but uh yeah it seems like things are pointing in a good direction so hopefully that'll uh that'll happen although you did say you know no, nothing is planned well you can't you can't plan an emergency so you can't plan the emergency <laughs> podcast true. unfortunately so we should probably start calling those like celebratory you know maybe that would be a little but it, you know it does. Yeah. when you get a five star it does seem you know yeah it's I mean, obviously it very urgent warranted, for sure for sure very urgent um Okay, let's uh, let's also talk about Boogie Fland. His announcement, there's no set timetable, but his announcement is expected soon. Now, whether that comes, you know, later this week or next, no one's exactly sure. There's kind of been some thought that he was waiting until his coach gets back from vacation, which I believe is supposed to happen Monday, you know, something like that. Um, so, you know, no one's exactly sure that one again, seems to be from various sources, you know, seems to be down to Indiana and Kentucky. Now, even though he has a final three of Alabama, you know, it seems like uh, NATO, it's may have been in the wrong place at the wrong time uh, in this recruitment. So I'm not sure they're really still in it. Um, but coach, I want to, I don't know if you heard this audio, but there was a great interview um, with Boogie Fland. He was out at the Team USA event. 
this week, and he sat down for an interview with Kristen Peake of Yahoo Sports and Rivals. Um, the whole thing is really good. It's like four and a half minutes long. He talks about you know what the coaches have told him and what he's looking for. So the whole thing is really good. But there's a particular clip that kind of went viral in Indiana circles, um, and I clipped that audio. I want to play it, and then, Coach, I want to get your reaction to it. So here is the first voice you're going to hear is Kristen Peake of Yahoo and Rivals asking Boogie a question, then you'll hear Boogie uh, after that. Here it is. The NBA scouts, I mean, they're here watching you. They've seen you throughout the summer, but what are you hoping to show the growth in your game, you know, this time around heading into your senior season? Uh, that I'm a leader and I can stand out when I'm playing with good players. You know, I feel like when you're playing with good players, your mindset is to score, do this, do that, just to stand out. Yeah. But I feel like there's more to basketball than just scoring and stuff like that, you know, just getting everybody involved, make sure you're a good teammate, helping, clapping, yeah. doing the little things, yeah. you know, because that's what they're looking for. Because when you go to the NBA, are you going to be one scoring or just somebody – already there that's going to be scoring doing the scoring so you got to do something different you know right so yeah with the nba scouts i mean they're here watching your reaction um sign me up (laughs) you know more play the whole four minutes in repeat um you have a talented young man who's a five-star who has the wherewithal at least to say that and i believe him and i believe that's he understands that that is so far removed from a lot of these top, you know, a lot of athletes are, I want to score, I want to get mine, I'm looking forward to getting to the NBA. This guy seems to understand that it's a complete package. It's not just stats, it's not just about himself, but it's about winning and do you help other people get better? Because that's ultimately what will make a point guard in the NBA. Uh, the good point guards score sometimes, but they, they, they run the show. And so whoever's been, you know, teaching him and, Helping him has has really done a, a good job, and those are the type of five stars that, as a fan and as an alum of Indiana University, that I would like to have at Indiana. You you know, it's a fine edge in recruiting because you need that top end talent. But we've also seen at the Dukes and the Kentuckys that some year you get four or five of the top end talent, uh, and, and it and it kind of doesn't mesh. The chemistry isn't there, so they don't. The, the parts are greater than the sum of, of the of the whole or the team. Uh, and, and that's always been my worry when you have – and I think we have to go that way, and I'm glad we are, but it can backfire too. Uh, you've seen number one draft picks. Their team doesn't make the NCAA tournament. Uh, LSU, Washington has had uh, some of those situations in the past. But, man, when I heard this clip, I was like, sign me up. Give me some more boogie now. Sign with us uh, Monday if if that's the case. Like I'm, I'm really excited about both of these, and and I get really excited once they make the commitment. Um, and he obviously has to live what he's talking about because uh, words uh, are just words. But you don't hear that an awful lot uh, in in the top era of basketball. And I think that's what makes if he's there for a year or two years or whatever. That's what will make him. That's what made Jalen Hood Shafino so good, and why everyone loves his one year, as opposed to um, some others that have come uh, come through possibly uh, at one and done at IU. The, the guy wanted to win, uh, and, and he, he wanted to play good team basketball while he was here. So that uh, I, I'm super excited about his announcement. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And look, you know, if things go according to plan, he's going to be playing with a lot of really good players next year at Indiana. And so I think just – you know, hearing that mindset for a young player, you know, the other thing too, you know, Jeff Rabjohns, Adam Finkelstein of, of 24, I think he's 24 seven. Um, and others basically said like, this isn't just like a, you know, a one-time thing. This is who he is and who he's been for years. Uh, and it just all kind of was encapsulated in that soundbite 
Uh, you know, so I think really shows why the IU staff has been so high on him uh, and why, you know, he'd be a great fit here at Indiana. So those two decisions, uh, again, Liam, we know when it's coming. It's on Sunday. Boogie, we don't, although there does seem to be an expectation uh, that, it, you know, that could happen next week. So we'll keep you posted on that. As for Derek Queen, the other of the three, uh, there's not a timetable except, uh, you know, it seems to I know, um, uh, our buddy Rob Cassidy uh, over at Rivals, you know, posted that you know he was going to make the decision, you know, before uh, you know the November signing period. Uh, so I think he's got another visit to Maryland, his home state school, and so we wait to hear that. And I'm sure, you know, landing one of his best longtime friends, Liam, and a great point guard to get him the ball uh, would certainly help Indiana's case. So we will keep you posted on those. But we are nearing the home stretch on those, and so. Uh, we look forward to getting those decisions in. Just a couple other bullet points here. Coach already mentioned the floating head posters are out. Is this the first year they've done T-shirts? I've never seen the T-shirts before. Is that new? I think it, I think it's new, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure if they did it last year, but you can go to Indiana NIL Store. If you want to look them up on Twitter, it's at Indiana NIL Store uh, or indiana.nil.store, uh, and you can go find those, order them, uh, a portion of the proceeds goes to the players uh so it is a you know does support indiana's nil activities but i know many of you have been waiting for those to come uh so those are out and ready for you uh and i just want to echo what coach said congratulations to iu volleyball on beating a ranked purdue team uh speaking of crimson cast uh episode 999 was an interview uh with steve aired and then assistant coach rachel morris kind of talking about you know his vision for what he thought Indiana volleyball could be when he was hired several years ago uh and that vision is coming to fruition <laughs> you talk about Mike Woodson being hot on the recruiting trail what do they have like four or five five stars signed up in the latest yeah. recruiting class I mean Steve Aird is building something special Wilkinson Hall is rocking uh and so definitely a bandwagon uh worth worth jumping on because it really seems like something special is being built there so congratulations to them uh and we look forward to following their success moving forward okay uh coming up on assembly call radio let's turn our attention to important big 10 preseason matters big 10 media day and the release of the big 10 preseason polls we will react to those next stick with us here on the assembly call You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. All right. Welcome, everybody, who is here live. Nice to see a thriving live chat this evening. Chat Mob Chad is back. Chad Schwartzkoff. Great to have him here with us. Man, actually, uh, Chad... I'm going to I'm going to send you the link cuz we had talked about him coming on and then I got all 
worked up today and I forgot to send him the link. So I'm going to send it to you via text if you want to join us. Uh, my apologies for that. If I can find the text thread. Anyway, uh, Andy Coach, how are you guys doing? Any uh, notable events in your lives happening right now? Sorry, that was an awkward question. I was trying to buy time while I'm looking for chat. Oh, okay. well, I'm looking I to send mean, this to chat. I would, I would say no. It was for me. It's nothing. <laughs> Just uh, make one up then. <laughs> nothing, nothing notable happening. <laughs> yeah, I'll work on it. I'll work on it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, all right, Chad, I just emailed that to you. Come hop on with us if you want to. It'd be great to have you. Um, okay, well, let's hop in then and start talking uh, Big Ten Media Day. And I may have pulled some funny audio of Coach Woodson talking about Malik Renew's burger, which has to be just one of the absolute high points of any media day session ever. She's so great. <laughs> so great. I always love it when uh, when Mariah, his daughter, will like retweet something he says with like just a laughing face or, you know, it's like that's, that's what happens. Your daughters, you know, they can call you out on social media. Absolutely. All right. Here we go. <laughs> This is Lily King. I hope you enjoy the show, but ask yourself, do we really need this much basketball talk for a swimming and diving school? Where do you think the candy stripes came from anyway? Go Hoosiers. All righty. Thank you, Lily. Welcome back to the Assembly Call. I am Jared Morris here with the coach Brian Tonsoni and Andy Bottoms. And guys, you know the season is getting closer when not just Indiana Media Day happens, but Big Ten Media Day happens. You start getting the unofficial official preseason poll that comes out uh and so we are going to talk about those because both those things happened uh this week and let's start with some big 10 media takeaways um very curious to see you know what you guys kind of kind of took away you know i would say the first thing that really jumped out to me uh was you know coach woodson said quote make no mistake about it I say it, you guys probably couldn't see it and didn't write about it enough, but losing Xavier Johnson last year was huge for our team. I mean, it hurt us. This was echoed by Trey Galloway. Uh, Coach, I can assure you, it was mentioned several times <laughs> on this show. Maybe every show has been mentioned several times this offseason. Uh, we absolutely knew that. Everybody paying attention absolutely knew that. It is absolutely one of just the most brain-dead pieces of analysis about IU basketball that I've ever heard that somehow that in helped Indiana last year. Uh, it did not. It may have given Jalen Huchifino and Trace Jackson Davis the impetus to expand their game, but it did not help Indiana overall as a team because of what it did for the defense. And, Coach, that was really kind of the theme that I heard from Coach Woodson and from your tone setters, Xavier Johnson and Trey Galloway. This team's identity will still be defense. And I think, you know, even losing your rim protector, Trace Jackson Davis, and kind of, you know, a guy who'd been a bit of a defensive Swiss Army knife and Race Thompson throughout his career, having those two guys up top leading the defense is going to give you a defensive identity, and we know that's what Coach Woodson wants. Well, th that's the identity, and that's what he wants, and then they have to execute it. Um, you know, the, the on-ball defense is going to be much better. I, I thought Jalen hood Shafino had a good year. Uh, last year, but I thought he struggled at times guarding the bounce, especially the starting point guard or, or the, the main dr driver of the basketball for the other team. So I'm really excited. I think the defense will be improved in that area. I think uh, together it's been an offseason concern of mine, um, 
Andy, that uh, when you have so many new pieces and you have this fit of our best players being bigger, uh, you know, at the three, bigger at the four, uh, those types of things, it's the positioning. Miller Cop was constantly in the right position. Uh, Race Thompson did all the dirty little things uh, defensively that kind of go unnoticed. So meshing that together in order to play uh, uh, and get back to a top 25 defense, I think Indiana Ken Palm was 24 in Woodson's first year and then fell to like 40 or 42 last year. Uh, so th- there's some pluses and minuses. I think you get back to X with his on-ball defense uh, is a positive. Uh, I do think the back line uh, defense, and so which which one counterbalances the other and can Indiana move back into the top 25, I think that's that's my concern. But I enjoy Coach Woodson wanting to, to have an identity of defense because that ultimately is what's going to have Indiana get to the Sweet 16, the Final Four. got to be able to guard. Yeah, and I think that continues to come up. Galloway, I think, brought it up in some of his comments as well, just about the the identity of this team really being on the defensive end. I think that's uh, probably not just paying lip service to what Mike Woodson wants to hear, I'm sure. But, um, yeah, I think you look at, again, as you said, some things may be tough to to figure out uh, early on in the back line, how those guys play together, how they play together defensively uh, in particular. But I think you can – paper over a little bit of that with a really good ball pressure uh on the outside if you're able to really cut down on you know really make it hard for guys to see hard for them to get the ball where they want uh and so having guys like Galloway and X should help with that and and maybe that perimeter uh you know pressure and, and defense can can at least give the other things time to um to catch up now the, the flip side of that is uh, and I think you could probably make this argument a little bit about Jalen, uh, although he got into foul trouble occasionally. You know, I think he was in a position last year where probably couldn't be as aggressive defensively as he wanted to be, or maybe they needed him to be because you're just trying to stay on the floor. And that's something that X has had trouble with over the course of time, trying to not get him in foul trouble. Um, everybody's excited about Gabe Cups, but I think if you put him in a position where he's really having to play major minutes because X is getting handsy and finding himself in foul trouble and things like that. So he's got to figure out the way to strike the balance between being the disruptor that he, he needs to be and that he can be uh, while also making sure that he's staying on the court, and not getting himself in foul trouble. But I think that'll be, uh, be pretty critical. And, uh, but yeah, that's, that's the, that's the potential downside of having a guy who's really aggressive and, uh, and, and kind of a ball hawk uh, at, at that, at that position. You know, and as a coach, you can you can stress defense and, and coach defense and say your identity is defense, and then those things like foul trouble and too aggressive with your hands and and, and the depth. You know, when when Gabe Cups comes in and puts pressure on the ball, uh, no offense to Gabe, but that's going to be different than, than than Xavier, right? Uh, when when you have uh, you know, I think the the backup posts are going to be pretty solid defensively, just from a physical standpoint, uh, but the emphasis has to be there, but then it's got to follow with execution, right? Uh, you can uh, coach, you can, uh, as affect that only, only so much. And then we also have word, uh, Andy, by the way, if you're watching live, uh, uh Teddy has, has you know, gotten up in the, in the bedroom and Jared had to go, uh, uh, get him back to bed. So now it's just Andy and I for, for the time being, but uh, there's some injuries uh, popping up, Andy. Uh, you know, Kalel Ware missed a pro day with a, a shoulder that he hurt in, in practice. Caleb Banks has a a, a groin in, injury, and then uh, Walker uh, sprained an ankle. How how do you see? How do you read that when you 
hear of these injuries early. They're bound to happen when you get guys on the floor and you're working. You're going to have have injuries. I don't think any of them are major where you're going to miss time yet. But as we get excited about this season and the depth, and you and I read that on the run sheet, I, I was unaware of that until this afternoon. What goes through your mind when you read that? What are the concerns injury-wise and depth-wise uh, for this team as we know it right now? Yeah, like you said, I don't think any of them seem to be um, be major major things at this point. I think where's struck me is mostly precautionary, at least based on you know kind of what they said about that. Uh, I, I think the one of those, dependent upon you know the severity of it, that could linger a little bit is the Caleb Banks one. Um, you know, Walker sprained ankle should be able to get back at it, but um, you know, with with the the groin issue with Caleb Banks, depending upon what that is don't want to rush him back. So it's something that lingers throughout the season. And I think it really calls, you know, into, into play this team, you know, didn't use that extra scholarship, which I think is fine given the way that they were, you know, recruiting. Um, but you, you know, you're down that, um, and you know, Ja'Kai Newton seems unlikely to be, be able to contribute from a health perspective. Um, so you're, you know, not as deep as you'd probably like to be. And in some ways, you know, we always talk about, oh, how are you going to find minutes for all these guys? Like, you don't necessarily want injuries to be the thing that sorts out how you get minutes for people. Uh, while it might make it a little bit easier on you from a, a coaching perspective, it's not really what you want to be the the driver of that. So, you know, hopefully just minor stuff as they, as they really get going and uh, certainly have faith they're going to manage it correctly. But I do think it calls into question, you know, all three of these guys are frontline players. I know with, with Banks, he can play the three a bit uh, as well, but good to have depth because you still got even in this scenario you got a Malik Renew and a Peyton Sparks and uh, Mackenzie Mbako you've got some guys still there but um, you know while we feel good about the depth in some ways on this team like it only takes a couple injuries for you to start to look at that a little bit differently uh, as you go but again I think I think a lot of this hopefully is just precautionary and kind of early season stuff they'll be able to shake off pretty quickly and more so than worrying about games, uh, you know, for me as a coach, worrying about practice uh, for those guys getting up to speed in what you want to accomplish this year, but then also in in helping each other get better. I appreciate all the walk-ons, and we have a few uh, new walk-ons that we'll get familiar with, uh, but you want the best going up against the best in practice, and when they have to sit out, then that takes away some of the quality of your practice. Uh, so hopefully these injuries uh, ha- are, are just minor and there's only a couple mispractices. Uh, right now, we'd like to welcome uh, Chad Schwartzkopf to the show. Uh, Chad, a long time. We haven't had you on the show and talked to you. How are you doing, and how are you feeling after uh, media days, uh, Big Ten media days, and your Indiana Hoosiers? Uh, pretty good about Indiana. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on and everything. Um, had to wear uh, Ryan's hat for him, uh, show that he's here in, in, in presence and everything. I mean, I between promise. you and Richie, you really probably okay. over, you know, a little bit over the top with some of the support of Ryan, but that's fine. I won't, I won't be as grumpy or I won't rant as much as, as he does though. I promise that. Um, no media day was fun. Um, it, it always, always good to get a little inside from the, from the players and, uh, just see them, uh, because it's our two captains. I mean, our, our two captains out there representing the team and everything. Um, always the fun little tidbits and little things that they do on the outside. I don't know if you've mentioned this yet, but, uh, if we ever get to uh, Trey Galloway, we need to ask him to explain why he knows uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Evidently, he's got him. He's the most famous person that he has in his phone. I don't know if you saw that uh, that media day, little behind the scenes thing. That's very interesting. Uh, 
we, I guess we can't really take him serious, too, because Trey Galloway is known to be a little bit of a jokester, too. So that could have definitely been a joke from him. Um, also learning that uh, uh, Coach is pretty oblivious to uh, the NIL doings of, of the players, uh, unaware that Malik has his own burger uh, and slightly disappointing that he's eating hamburgers. Although, uh, yes, Malik has definitely trimmed down uh, in, in the offseason and, and, and gotten his body uh in better shape, uh, mobility and everything wise, but, uh, uh, just the, this little bit of insights here and there, but, um, there's always a slight bit of disappointment from some of the media days as well, because it's, uh, it, it's coach speak. It's, it's media right. speak. So you, you don't get a lot of that, uh, extra insight and stuff that you, uh, the juicy stuff you'd like to hear. So we started off with defense. Let's turn it to a little bit of offense, Andy. Um, Coach has said multiple times and at media that he's still trying to figure out um, what they're going to do offensively. Um, Your thoughts about the the offense heading into the season and and what we've kind of heard from uh, the media reports? Yeah, it's interesting. I I agree with Chad where you get so much coach speak on some of these. Woodson isn't – I mean, he'll he'll weave some uh, cliched stuff in there, but he does feel like at least gives you a little bit of something. I thought – yeah, that was one of the things talking about uh, offensively on the the Big Ten Network interview uh, that he did, and just kind of talked about you know we we ran more pick and roll than straight post ups you know last year, and um and, and just kind of how he said there'll be different ways that they play, and and really reiterated what I think a lot of us had thought um, in terms of you know they played the way they did because they had Trace, and that was really what gave them the best chance to win. May or may not be how he really wants to play, although. He was pretty quick to say we're not going to get away from having guys post up, but did seem to at least suggest there'll be a little bit more uh, variability with what they do offensively and have some different options just given the personnel this year. So, and it's one of those things where he's kind of saying the right thing. I think everybody from a fan's perspective at the end of the season said it's been awesome to have Trace, great career, love watching him play. But but what are we going to see offensively and how does it change? Because I don't think – um, you know, the way that he was doing that really sustainable in modern college basketball. And and so, you know, he's certainly saying the things that I think people will be excited to hear. Um, what remains to be seen, whether that happens on the court, but I think, uh, you know, given the personnel, some different lineup combinations it can play, um, being able to spread things around a little bit offensively does seem to suggest we'll see more of that. Uh, but we'll see when the, the rubber meets the road, how, how, you know, how much he wants to deviate from, uh, some of those kinds of things, but uh, yeah, that was, and it seemed like he's still trying to figure that out. I, I think he said that even coming in when he started, spent tons of time uh, on getting things right defensively. That's always been his priority. That's what he's talked about. And I would guess this year with so many new faces, not really all that different. He spent a ton of time trying to get the fundamentals and the things that they want to do defensively uh, in place. And then we'll, we'll move to offense. And so probably something we'll see evolve over the course of the year. It's 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 just interesting to see uh, to to be able to see here soon what what he does mean uh, by playing a different way or 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 with the talent. Uh, you know, they were 90th in offensive efficiency his first year and then uh, moved up to 28th. Was that uh, what we did, or just because you had a couple pros who played outstanding basketball? But I did like the the comment to Chad that he said uh, that they're likely to shoot more threes. I think that's in relation to what you were talking about, Andy. And I also, uh, I don't know who, who said this or what uh, report that I saw that, boy, Mbako can really shoot it. Uh, boy, that would be really good if that was uh, 
actually what happens this year at that three spot. Because if he can shoot it, uh, and I don't think he has to be Miller Cop uh, shooting, but if he could shoot and have that role, plus the athleticism to drive it, to post it, that gives a lot of flexibility for the coaches at the three. Chad, your your thoughts on, on offensively and, and things that you might have heard in, in, in that media about um, the fact that they're just still trying to figure out what they're going to be doing here offensively this season. Yeah, I mean, you kind of alluded to that with there is coaches speak, but I do like that, again, that Woodson is very blunt with it and saying that he's figuring things out. But to kind of continue on what you were saying with the three-point shooting, um, I think that's an exciting and different thing we're going to see this year because of hopefully what McKenzie can do. Uh, there has been plenty of tape and film that we've seen at Oregon and as well in some um, high-end uh, tournament situations where uh, Ware has been able to get out and, and make a few threes. Uh, so that's going to be interesting as well. Not to mention uh, the big leap that Trey had uh, from the previous year uh, in the offseason to what he did last year from the three-point range was considerably increased. And then what we're hearing from people, I think just uh, either it was today or yesterday in an interview, uh, Xavier Johnson was talking about how uh, much improved um, he's seeing Trey. So I think Trey and, and and as well, we know this as well, is that this is his very first uh, healthy offseason to improve as well. So I think uh, we've been concerned leading into this summer about the two position and what that's going to be. And obviously you, you guys spoke a little bit earlier about the depth to that. But I think with what Trey's going to be able to bring and those other outside guys and just X getting better, I think the outside shooting is going to be uh, a lot more prevalent this year. And I think Coach even said that, that we're gonna, or, or somewhere I remember seeing that uh, we're going to take a lot more high volume uh, of threes this year. Justin in the chat says he can hear um, Jared singing a lullaby. We actually asked him, and he sings the fight song to Teddy. So uh, he's still with us in spirit on the show, singing the IU fight song, trying to get Teddy to go back to sleep. Uh, and so he can he can rejoin the show. But fellas, the the media then votes on their players, uh, the the all preseason Big Ten teams, and, and and those types of awards, and then obviously gives out a a one through fourteen ranking of the team. Uh, our Indiana Hoosiers uh, were picked sixth uh, in the Big Ten this year. We've seen a wide variety of uh, of predictions. I think I've seen everything from three uh, down to eleven. Uh, by various uh, people, I, I think those two numbers are the extreme. But uh, Andy, how are you? How did you take uh, Indiana being sixth um, by the media in the Big Ten preseason poll? Oops. Andy, you're sorry. You sorry. It's certainly it's certainly reasonable. I, I think when you look, uh, and we've talked about this all off season, there's a pretty wide range of outcomes for this team. Uh, and so if you end up putting them toward the, you know, low end of that, the, the tier once you get past Purdue and Michigan State, I think anywhere within that, there's not a ton of difference. Um, I've kept track of a handful of the predictions that have come out and kind of averaged them out. IU averages out right about six, just just uh, just behind Wisconsin, at least in the few that I've um, that I've looked at. And, y you know, you, what you've really got in, in the ones that I've tracked is you got Purdue, a unanimous number one, Michigan State, a unanimous number two. And then you've really got, you know, Maryland and Illinois seem to be most commonly mentioned in the three, four range and IU and Wisconsin most commonly in the five, six range. And then there's 
ever so slight gap between them and Ohio State, and then you, you drop a little bit to you know like a Northwestern and Iowa, Rutgers um, from there. So no no huge qualms about it. I you know if you picked them third, you're definitely taking the really optimistic things come together really well uh, tact. And if you pick them closer to sixth or seventh, you're probably being a little more pragmatic about it and um, and, and and maybe being more conservative in that way. So. No, no huge surprises really for me uh, within the order that they uh, that they had the teams. It, it didn't seem like. Ted, your thought in the, in the order uh, where Indiana fell at, at six. I think that makes sense. Uh, as we've kind of debated it all, uh, and you've seen on on Twitter on all the different uh, boards and everything, there's too many questions right now with this Indiana team until we see them on the court, and uh, it just depends on what kind of Hoosier fan you are. We, we run the gamut of pessimist to optimist and, and the optimist will put you at three. The, the pessimist will put you at, at nine, 10. So six sounds about right with uh, the current numbers and facts and things and questions uh, numerous that they are that we have as uh, about this team. So I lean myself personally more towards the optimistic side. Three seems a little tough. I'll put them about fours, but like you said, it, it, it's going to possibly be until things are worked out um, another year in the Big Ten uh, where it's going to be pretty thick in the middle. So a uh, little game swing here and there, uh, this game on Peacock, that game on Big Ten Plus, uh, we'll see how the things uh, shuffle themselves out. It, it, it could could vary by a, by a weird foul call. Uh, could be the difference between... Uh, fourth place and sixth place in the big 10. So it, it, there's going to be a, a very minuscule uh, factor of air that, that, that's going to change that middle ground of the big 10, I think this season. And we saw that last year with Northwestern, the last game, if they won, they were the two seed. If they lost, they were the nine seed. I do think there will be some of that. Um, I think the tier system, Andy, that, that you talked about, I think that's kind of the best way to look at it. Uh, and a lot of people are going to look at what's coming back. That's why IU tends to be the six, seven, eight. And if you go a lot lower, those those uh, predictions are because Indiana doesn't have a lot coming back. And, and then, you know, uh, I would say don't get mad at those. Just understand that their criteria is number of returning points, number of returning players, and Indiana just statistically doesn't match up. That's probably how those decisions are being made. It has nothing to do with talent. So. Uh, I kind of dismiss that a little bit, uh, and I think it's hard to know just exactly how the talent's going to fit in. We look at Mbaco, and we look at where, and, and we know a lot more than a lot of people making these uh, predictions know about about that. But I do think I would encourage all of us this too, that no matter what tier Indiana is in in the rankings, there are always teams that pop and move up, and there are always teams that uh, struggle due to injury, whatever, lose some close games and, and drop. Ohio State was an example of that last year. Predicted to be much better, fell. Michigan, the last two years, predicted in the top two or three and fell all the way down to nine, two years in a row. Uh, Northwestern Rutgers popped and went, went up. And so I think I'm going to put together a little – my predictions on a coach's corner for the community, and I'm going to use tiers, and then I'm going to say team likely to move up and team likely to move down out of out of that tier. And I think if you put Indiana in that five, six, seven range, I think they're 
they're a candidate to move up if all of the talent and everything clicks together. And I think they may also be a candidate to move down if there aren't enough basketballs uh, and, you know, it doesn't gel as a team. And I think that's uh, the the wide range uh, that we have, you know, currently for for Indiana. But I think the tier system and then, you know, don't get caught up in where Indiana is. Get caught up in, in what would move them up and, and what potentially can move them down. And as the season progresses, we can we can analyze that um, a, a little bit better. Andy, anything else uh, stick out? Um, uh, we, we had, uh, I think, freshman of the year is likely to be Mbako. Was that officially voted on? I, I know it's in the run sheet, but I, I'm yeah, not sure if I that think, was officially. And then Kalel Ware mentioned them. as yeah, a I, transfer, right? Yeah, I think so, they have them vote on a bunch of stuff. I, I don't think the league the league came out with their like ten person, you know, first team, which is ridiculous. But um yeah, but they, they don't do the act that's why it's the old official unofficial because the league doesn't wanna is, is literally the only league that won't have people vote on some of this stuff and then publish it. But um yeah, I think that that was all part of the same panel that uh Brendan Quinn I think runs. So uh, yeah, Mbako was the uh, projected freshman of the year. Ace Baldwin at Penn State, uh, the transfer of the year. Great that we have to have transfer of the year now. And then uh, I don't know who the person is that gave Tyson Walker the player of the year vote, but might be getting too cute with it. Just, you know. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Edie as player of the year is probably a, a, a given. Um, hopefully we can vote for other people. That would be good uh good news coming out, out of the north um yeah we better we need to gloss over the first and second teams before jared gets back because uh the case tomanaga on the second team is probably going to get him get him fired up again here what was he on was he is that uh oh is it that's what he has in Casey? here further down in the run sheet yeah uh casey oh, yeah. Tomanaga, yeah, is that tomanaga. yeah but yeah the, the the first team though you got Edie. Uh, Jameer Young, Terrence Shannon, Tyson Walker, and Boo Booey. So kind of a a sharp uh, left turn from like big guys were the whole first team last year. Now it's uh, largely largely guard driven. I guess maybe the pendulum just swings the other way. But uh, you had that, and then I think Omaruyi was the you know kind of sixth guy. And I think Alex uh, and inside the hall had kind of said like the top six are pretty clear uh, in the league. You can you know, have somebody one place or, you know, up or the uh, up or down to be on the first team or not. But the, uh, after that's where it starts to get a little bit more interesting, at least. Thanks for softball tossing up my Bob Thompson comment. It's a guards game uh, and there's good guards in the big 10. So that might speak well for the success of the big 10 this season and in the tournament. And, and it also, uh, I think there were, you know, so if you look at honorable mention, couple point guards and honorable mention including Xavier Johnson and and that that little guy from Purdue uh was honorable mention as well um so but I I would also encourage everyone on these like you want to be on these lists at the end of the year you know again all of the media are looking at how many points you scored last year some of them may look at the defensive statistics but they're looking at how many years did you play what did your team do and how many points did you score last year and that's why x doesn't get a lot of I'll defend Jared here a little bit on X, but um, we don't know about X and neither does all of the media. And that's why they would put him as the fifth 
six guard in the Big Ten. So then I kind of like that because I think X is a competitor. I think he's going to get pissed off at all that and and, and want to go out and play the type of basketball that will move him up to be one of the top uh, guards as as Jared uh, will fill in. Jared believes he should be on the, on the first team. <laughs> Chad, any, any thoughts about uh, all of those awards, the player stuff coming out of media – uh, as far I, as it's Indiana or just in general about the league? It's just it's just content, Phil, for the offseason. We're looking for stuff to yeah. talk about and everything like that. And, and honestly, I, I will say, at least from an IU perspective and everything, uh, call, it, call it superstition or, or whatever, what you will, but I feel like we tend to do better uh, as a team when those expectations aren't high going into the season where uh, there's that little bit of chip on our shoulders, especially like you just mentioned with X, he's really that kind of chip kind of guy. Um, and, and it's just, they can just concentrate on, on, on playing and everything. And uh, they'd say they don't look at that stuff, but kids look at that, those things and, and they're looking at lists and stuff like that. And um, not being on it, I'll, I'll take not being on it and fueling you to show someone uh, that you deserve to be on that list more so than being put on that list and 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 then kind of relaxing or, or falling back on your laurels like yes I'm 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 the stud I I belong on that list kind of thing so um, yeah I mean it is what it is it's 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 exactly as you laid it out it's looking at potential as to what they did the season before um, and what they project them to do and uh, I just look for the end of the season. Uh, lists when those come out and hope we have some a few guys that that show up then and, and to end end our segment too here the national rankings are out and indiana's in the 30s in most uh most rankings andy um what kind of uh, weight do you put into that and uh, is that a, a deserving situation and then the follow-up for both of you is then do you guys feel we're on a path to get back to when we have a rebuilding year, when we had lose four starters, we are one of the top 20 teams. You know, you have those teams, Kansas, Duke, those blue bloods, and, and even Michigan State, when when they've lost some good talent, they're always ranked. Uh, do we have to, um, you know, are, are we close to getting back? Is it is it Liam and Boogie coming that all of a sudden now, no matter what we do, Indiana is going to be thought of as a top 20, 25 team. We obviously are getting discounted because we lost two pros and we have a bunch of new guys uh, coming in. So I guess that's a lot of questions thrown into one. Andy, just take it whatever uh, direction you want there. Yeah, I think it's probably, I mean, to a certain extent, it kind of boils down to the same thing, whether you're talking about the more, um, I'll, I'll, you know, model driven uh, approaches where you've got a, a Torvik or uh, Evan uh, Miyakawa. Um, his came out today. They're 31st. I, I think, you know, those things are building while it is looking at your team this year, there's a historical component that has to go into there. The same thing will hold true when Ken Palm updates and, and comes out. And some of that is you've got two years of Mike Woodson, uh, you know, how is he able to adapt without a Trace Jackson Davis? How is he able to do those things? You know, some of those things, eventually the performance gets baked into some of those models a little bit. I think that will handle that part. And certainly if you're recruited at a higher level, you know, any of those guys, if you listen in, they talk about the importance of getting five-star guys and what that really does, um, you know, you know, kind of weight the weight that they give that in their models. And I think a little bit of the same thing holds true to the, the, the more, uh, you know, human opinion based ones where you're looking at what ESPN has or, uh, or Fox sports or, or CBS top 25 and one stuff like that. I mean, I think there's still, 
um, a, a need to kind of demonstrate, all right, Mike Woodson can win in different ways with different kinds of teams and different personnel. And I don't necessarily blame anybody for maybe being skeptical in that, those scenarios. He's had very specific kind of team for two years uh, and has made it work to his credit and has made adjustments in a year like last year to his credit. But I do think there's a little bit of that element as well. I know the guys at Three Man Weave are, are ones that I really uh, look at a lot because they watch so much. When they did their countdown, I think IU was 30th, which ultimately feels about right. And, and you know, Coach, I know you bring this up a lot when we're – you know, talking through bracketology things on here, you're like, that's an eight seed. Does that feel about right? I, probably. Um, you know, I think, um, I forget who, I think Jared put it in here. I think in the Almanac, they they had a preseason bracketology. They were a nine seed. I think in Lenardi had another one out this week. I think they were at nine, maybe they were a 10 in that. They were nine or 10 right in that range. So kind of feels about right when you look at the questions and uh, some of those kinds of things. So no, no, no qualms for me about it really. Uh, Chad, your thoughts on uh, on the preseason rankings of the Indiana Hoosiers? I, I think it's it's the same thing as the Big Ten. It's again just people not knowing what the questions are, and then and then Andy kind of hit that second part of your question, or maybe it was the third or fourth or fifth. I remember part. <laughs> but um, just kind of it, it's again. I think that just comes down to to Woodson. They just they they got to see that uh, when you have a good amount of players and starters and a percentage of your points leaving. Uh, he's got to prove it not only as a coach, but as a recruiter that he can replenish that uh, inside and out. And uh, a Liam and a boogie and, and a queen uh, will definitely do a lot to push it that way. And, and I don't think we are talking about then, uh, well, I mean, if we have that talent, then obviously then the, you could talk about being pre-ranked uh, next year, but I don't think that just that affords him uh, moving forward a a high ranking. I think he's got to put a few more years under his belt before uh, he really gets that nod. And uh, we've also kind of known, and again, this is uh, falling back on the laurels of uh, insane Hoosier Nation that we are, um, national media and a lot of those polls and stuff, Tarvik and and all the analytic uh, polls aside, IU's not up there in their brains anymore, and and IU has to do a few things to uh, shake the, that tree and 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 get in their eyes a lot more and and be considered in the off season and remembered and everything, uh, and that's going to be a few tournament runs and other things like that to prove it uh, again and and be, I, I this is loaded to say this, but be more nationally relevant uh, uh, to get that recognition and that kind of. Uh, general nod and and I guess uh, favoritism to a degree uh, in, in those preseason polls to think the positive more out of a team than the negative. I think we're headed into that respect area where, you, you, you know, we put a good year together and, and get to the tournament and possibly get to the Sweet 16, even if we don't get there. But three years in a row in the tournament, we get back in the minds of people as being a relevant program. And I do like the word relevant uh, with this rebuild, if you would, with all the new guys, the talent brought in by Woodson has been really, really good for a team that loses two guys to the NBA and two other uh, seniors who've played lots of basketball. Normally, you take a step back and you fight. You're going to be fighting for that, uh, you know, 10, 11 seed, and you'd just be glad just to make the tournament. And, and 
I think we're comfortably in the tournament if everyone's predicting us at the 7, 8, 9, 10 seed line. Um, you know, so normally you'd be in the 40s, I think, with that kind of loss of of playing time and, and experience. So I think Coach Woodson gets a, should get a lot of credit for bringing in the talent. We just got to win games now. And, and I think, you know, if we hear Sunday and Monday or whenever the two guys are going to announce and it's positive for Indiana, I do think you're going to just start seeing that move uh, in, in the positive direction. So again, take preseason rankings. Don't take it as a grievance. Don't get all too worked up. Be a little disappointed maybe. Uh, and, and just understand that that gives, uh, all of us a lot to talk about when we move up at the end of the year. Uh, okay. So coming up on assembly call radio, it'll be mailbag time. We got some great questions. We'll answer all of them next. So stick with us here on the assembly call. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And... Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, did that uh, that music come through? I know Jared was the one who started the podcast. I think I'm on the assembly call. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so. Yeah, you're good. Um, Dominic, uh, you've been a longtime uh, follower of the show, dude. You know I collect the gear, so I see your comment about my butler in Auburn. Uh, it is very comfortable, but I, I think you should know. You, you know, you're one of our, our really solid followers. You should know how many uh, home field apparel uh, stuff that that I have. So that, that, that's why uh, Amy had to start working as a librarian again to to, to pay off all this <laughs> debt he's got with home field. Yeah, I gotta I gotta put that I gotta put all that on hold. I got a new furnace going coming in soon. Furnace and AC unit and some new tires on the car and. So, uh, yeah, the, the home field apparel stuff's got to be put on, on hold. I saw you I posted think. in the community a, a tour of your man cave, which I've not, uh, I've not yet watched. I, I can only assume that the next, next step is a, is a, a tour through your, uh, your home field wardrobe of, <laughs> of, uh, of stuff there. Yeah. So. All on hangers, color coded. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, we, it's just life, isn't it? You know, you remodel all three floors, new flooring, painting, uh, carpeting in some rooms, you know, the hardwood planking and whatever. And then all of a sudden you got to have a new furnace, you know, it's like, just keep hitting me with some, 
some bills. So I need Jay. I need Jay Horry to send me a, a few more donations, you know, to help pay some of the bills. That's what I think needs to happen. <laughs> Andy wants a bedroom tour. Jay, Jay's back. Jay, Jay's been having a good time tonight. I can already tell. All right. Uh, I have not looked over to questions, Andy. Um, I I did. If you want me to, uh, yeah, room, I can. If, I will. If one of you, if one of you has it open, will you forward on the run sheet to me? Yeah, I'll let you do that, Coach. But if you, yeah, if you want to start it, I can. I can go through. All right. I think I can do it in a private chat if I'm smart enough. Ooh. Oh yeah, good idea. You are smart enough. Good job. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, let me see where we're at. All right, let's go forward. All right. Here we go. Hey, it's Romeo Langford. What's the only thing better than hand a game winner to beat Wisconsin? Celebrate it with friends afterwards. Join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach on assembly call after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosers. Welcome back to Assembly Call Radio. Uh, I'm Brian Tonsoni filling in for Jared Morris, who's uh, putting his son Teddy to sleep. Uh, he'll join us uh, if he can here before the show ends. I'm here with Andy Bottoms and Chad Schwartzkoff, and we're going to now answer uh, your questions uh, as it's time now for our mailbag. Uh, these questions were submitted via our private IU basketball discussion community, which can you can learn more about and join us at assemblycall.com backslash community. I send it to my friend Andy, who will lead us through our mailbag. All right. First question from Elbows In, longtime listener and question submitter. Uh, was listening to Mark Titus's podcast today, and they were discussing Marquette's biggest issue last year was there was only one ball. As I look to our team this year, it feels like that could be a similar trap. One and done aspirations, comeback years for X and where, breakout years for Malik, etc. As a coach, how do you coach away from a player being a ball hog? So, coach, I'll throw this to you first. I, I think it comes down to uh, communication. I think, again, that's where Coach Woodson, he's just an honest guy, and he's going to come out and, and, and tell a dude that he's shooting the ball too much. Um, I also think it comes down to recruiting the, the right guys. You don't bring the ball hogs onto to campus if you could all possibly do that. But when you have guys like Ware and Mbako who want to come in and then move to the pros, you do wonder at what point uh, during uh, the season, does that become uh, the thing that they're concerned about more than winning for Indiana? And I think you have a coaching staff that really gets Indiana and, and understands Indiana. And I think you just have to, you have to communicate roles and expectations and shot selection and all of those things. And then you got to play Boogie Flans uh, interview and talk about how he wants to help other people get better and I think Woodson, Woodson's the right guy for that, um, I think, because he can say, I've been in the pros. You don't need to shoot 30 shots a game to impress the pros. You know, dive on the floor, block out, uh, or whatever it is that the pros want, right? Um, but, you know, and then obviously you can do the coaching things. You can use the bench. You can, you can run them. You can do things like that. 
Um, but I think the best way is to really have heart-to-heart talks uh, with people about, you know, if you help us win, you're going to be seen in a good light as well as, as your statistics. And I think th- those are the important things. And then what I like, Andy, that Indiana does is like they have their pro days, and I'm sure other colleges do that, but but Woodson brings in his guys. And the more you do that, the more you show you're genuine and you know what you're talking about, then those those guys are going to listen uh, and I think that's the best way to do it as opposed to traditional uh, benching or, or or those things. But it's a fine line because you want a guy confident. You know, like you don't want anyone afraid of shooting, uh, right? If you have a good player who's afraid to shoot, that's just as bad as someone ball hog uh, as well. So it's a fine line, that shot selection coaching. And, and that's why I tell people now who want to go into coaching, get a psychology major. I think that does more to you than watching any coach talk about shooting or drills is, is learn how to motivate young men to be their best and to, to accept their roles, uh, I, I think is, is the toughest job coaches have to do, but I think it's vital. So th- those are, so it's a good question from elbows in, uh, but that's kind of the direction I would go. Yeah. Chad, any other thoughts on this one? Yeah, I think coach nailed most of it, but just kind of narrowing it down to an Indiana standpoint. I mean, I, I want a degree of our, players to have a little bit of ball hog in them. Um, you want to have right. a couple guys that are those type of ball hogs because not every hog's going to, going to have his day. Um, there might be a day where one player's hitting and another player uh, is not. So I think because of the type of players that Indiana goes for and Indiana recruits and just the way Woodson is at handling those types of players. Um, I like the idea that, 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 there might be a question of too many guys being ball hogs because then uh, we have more options. We have more scoring options. And, and while it might be where's night one night, it might be uh, X's night the next uh, it, it's going to shift uh, throughout the season. So I'd rather have it that way than uh, what we've had in the past with a quiet team and who's going to take this shot at the end of the game to win, win the game. Uh, I'd rather have too many options in that standpoint than uh, searching for where the point's going to come. You know, yeah, Chad, that's that's we need closers. That's a good point too. You need that mentality. Sorry, Andy. No, you're good. I think what what you said, Chad, makes a lot of sense. I think that will be, you know, for a team that has been very reliant on, you know, basically two players. Um, you know, kind of Trace and X uh, a couple years ago, and Trace and Jalen last year. I think that'll be a transition for this team to 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 know that they've got a little bit more balance. And I think as coach said, you got to mesh that a little bit with, Hey, when it's crunch time, who do I really need to go to? But you're going to have some of those games where, you know, it may not be your night matchup might not be good play, you know, go a little bit smaller, this game, bigger, this game. How does that look like? And I do think um, being able to keep guys happy in that scenario is uh, and an important skill for coaches. I think a little bit about um, the Eagles, quite honestly, like you've seen this through the first few games with their, some of their receivers, it's, A.J. Brown's pissed one week. He comes back and gets a bunch of catches the next week. Devontae Smith was kind of kind of pissed last week. I'm guessing he gets his share of targets, uh, you know, coming up this week. Dallas Goddard hasn't really been demonstrative on the sidelines, but he's been another guy. Like, how do you do it? So there is there are challenges with that uh, as you go through and do it. And I think it's very incumbent upon the coach to try to figure out how to build both the culture and relationships with the players well enough to know to figure out like, hey, look at the big picture you're going to have nights where you get yours. There might be a night that you're off. Doesn't mean that I don't trust you. Doesn't mean that I don't want you to have the ball. Just trying to figure out things like that. So it's a, it was a really good question. 
Uh, all right. Uh, next couple, I think we hit on uh, some of the stuff with um, the McNeely, so we'll we'll skip those. But uh, next question from Matt: Do you think Leal will get any meaningful minutes this year? I like seeing the native Indiana players represent. Jared, you've rejoined us. Why don't you take this one first? <laughs> Welcome back. back. I'm back. Yes, my uh, my son was having trouble sleeping. Coach, we were reading uh, Goodnight Big Construction Site, which you sent us. Uh, but Very he really good. wasn't having it, so he's over hanging out with Mama right now for a little while, and we'll try bedtime in a little bit. It's just one of those <laughs> one of those nights. Kid. But Chad, how perfect did this work, man? First perfect. off, I apologize for not sending you the link ahead of time. We talked about you nah, coming on spaced, uh, but I love the new background. That looks awesome. Thank you. It's yeah. the new new office. Just moved to things. Actually, this one is brand new. Sorry, those listening on podcast streams, as I point to something that's visual. Uh, but this is uh, a Race Thompson practice jersey that I just added that's signed. Nice. And I'm happy that it's in a display case because it may or may not have been washed before it came to me. So that'll <laughs> stay behind glass. Nice. And then is that Devante back there too? And then, and then Devante there. Uh, that one is a uh, Tamar Bates. And then number 12, you can probably guess from last year. That is awesome. Very cool, man. Very cool. Um, okay, so the question at hand was Anthony Leal. Do we expect Leal to get some minutes this year? Um, but that's an interesting question. You know, I think Ja'Kai Newton's status obviously impacts that, and no one is really expecting a lot from Ja'Kai as he recovers uh, from his injuries. And, you know, I think, Coach, when we went when we did the minutes, I think Leal was one, you know, that we, we didn't give a lot of minutes to because I think it's difficult to project. Um, you know, I, I think he's a guy – here's what I would say. I think he's a guy that's not going to play every game and his minutes will be irregular. But I have a feeling that on a team with a lot of, you know, kind of moving pieces and, you know, if someone tweaks an ankle or something, I think there will probably be some spots where Coach Woodson just wants someone who's going to go out there and do what he wants them to do. You know, because I think through maybe the first six to eight weeks with all these new guys in there, they've got to figure out exactly what Coach Woodson wants. Well, Anthony Leal knows exactly what Coach Woodson wants, and so I can see some games early on, uh, you know, where he comes in, you know, offers, you know, another wing who can shoot. So I don't expect regular minutes from him. Uh, certainly that could change with injury, but that can't really be predicted. Um, but I could see some moments early just given kind of the inexperience and the lack of, you know, cohesion that this team will have playing games together, uh, you know, where he could be where he could be thrown in there. Um, beyond that, you know, I, I don't necessarily think he projects – to have a lot but we'll uh we'll have to see that, that that would probably be my best guess you guys think that's reasonable or I, I think that's very reasonable I think his value to this team is is in the locker room and and on the bench and, and to fill in in those emergency situations and I think he's accepted that role and uh you know he's he's having a good run with the NIL and all of that stuff so I I think he is a leader I think you know Given the right situation, he can come in, hit a three, or make a good pass, or be in the right position. Um, but you know, if he has to play meaningful minutes, then we have other players we're counting on, or believe that we're counting on, uh, that are getting hurt. Um, but I do think he has is a valuable member. I will stress that all year long. You can impact winning uh, without uh, playing meaningful minutes on the court, and every good program needs people like that. So is he a valuable member of the Indiana basketball team? Absolutely needed on court. Um, probably not as much. All right. Uh, so last question here, this is a good one. 
So from Kyle, if IU were to somehow beat Michigan this week in football, I believe it would be the biggest upset in IU history. Uh, <laughs> certainly given the context of the rest of the season, that's probably hard to argue. Uh, since that won't happen. Oh, that's yeah. Okay. Uh, what is the biggest upset by any sports team at IU? Um, so Chad, I'll, I'll throw this one to you first. Jared's got a few possibilities in here. Feel free to go off the board if you, if you are so inclined, but uh, what's, which what stands out in your mind? I'm I'm going to go topical and new volleyball beating Purdue. That hasn't happened in a while. Uh, programs on the up and up. Uh, things are going straight. great for them. Yeah. I think. So broke broke that streak at home. Uh, put it at them, and and that program's building something uh, really big and really exciting. Uh, shout out, obviously, to a few of the chat mobbers that that are constantly at the, at those games. Yeah. All right, coach. What about you? You know, you got to go back to some of those football ones uh, in the 80s, beating uh, Michigan, uh, Ohio State. Uh, I will personally uh, take the 14-7, I think it was, score over Michigan in 1987. 14-10. Uh, in attendance. What, what's that? 14-10. 14-10. Um, I don't remember because I was having a hell of a time. Um, I, I had a... a, a <laughs> A wine flask full of non-wine of, of like bourbon on top of a couple kegs at the tailgate and it was rainy and it was misty and Bo Schembechler was crying because uh, the loud uh, we were too loud and they took uh, tried to take a time out and calm the, the crowd down and Billy Reiser blocks the punt um, that to me is going to be the ultimate memory uh, was personally there. Uh, I will also throw out the one, Jared, you have on the run sheet. I think IU baseball in 2013, yes, they won the regional and had some pros on it, but anytime you go into a powerhouse Florida State and have to win two out of three and go to the College World Series, so Indiana comes from you know a long, long rebuild in baseball and then finds themselves in the College World Series in 2013, I think that was a good choice to, to throw out there. But th- those two stick uh, in my mind. Yeah. There's some basketball ones that are good, too. And that Michigan game was great. I was at that one, too, in the stands up with my mom. You were probably the person she was shielding me from. Uh... Absolutely. <laughs> when you walked by me in the parking lot, she kind of covered your eyes and your ears. Yeah. You know, I had the... a T-shirt on that said, Bone Bow. And yeah, it was really graphically inappropriate. I still have the shirt in the garage. I was going to save it. It was great. But How yes, great I, that I Bo Schembechler was complaining about the yeah. crowd noise at Memorial Stadium for poor little Michigan. Go away. Yeah. Just give me a break. <laughs> um, look, the first one that came to mind for me was right back there in the 80s, the darkest day in Ohio State football history, beating Ohio State 31-10, to the Brian DeWitt's game. Uh, uh, Earl Bruce, or no, yeah, Earl Bruce famously called it the darkest day in Ohio State history. Uh, down the football offices, Coach Mallory had that framed up like by his office. Uh, that was such a great game. You know, Andy, when I saw this question, there were three people I immediately wanted to go to to get ideas Jeremy Gray, Ken Bikoff, and Chris Williams, IU Artifacts, because I knew they would have some great ideas, and they did. And they mentioned a lot of the ones that, you know, that we've already talked about. You know, and Jeremy had a really interesting point, which was, you know, the history of IU sports, it's not as much filled with upsets because you've got these super dominant programs. You know, basketball has always been so good, so there aren't many opportunities for upsets. Soccer, there's never an upset. Swimming, diving, there's never an upset, you know. And then football, unfortunately, has had a couple, but oftentimes hasn't been able to get over the hump. 
Um, but you know, some of the ones, you know, and, and the baseball one, you know, uh, was, was one that they mentioned. One of the ones that Jeremy mentioned that I thought was really interesting for basketball was not just a game, but a season. And it's Indiana winning the big 10 title in 1989, that famous stretch where Jay Edwards was just hitting game winning shot after game winning shot in a big 10 with the flying Illini and eventual national champion, Michigan. And that, of course, is a season, you know, you think back to that Michigan win when Coach Knight just going crazy celebrating after Jay hits the shot. Um, and I thought that was a really good one, you know, to, to win the Big Ten that season. Um, you know, so that was a good one. And then the other one that a lot of us who were in school at the time will always look back on fondly was the win over Duke uh, in 2002, which, you know, yeah, that Indiana team obviously was a Big Ten, you know, champion uh, and ended up going all the way to the final game. But that Duke team, I'll remind you, I think is still the only team, aren't they, Andy, to be number one in adjusted offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency in Kempom history? And Indiana beat them in the Sweet 16, obviously, in a game that we all remember. So that one certainly has to be up there. And the comeback that they had to you know, make to do it as well. Yeah, I think the fact in that game that nobody thought they were going to win to begin with, and then they dug themselves a massive hole. Yeah. Uh, it, at various points and and uh yeah just how inept they looked at at times in that game was uh was crazy yeah that was one that i thought of um yeah the, the two football ones that that you already brought up are the two football ones that, that came to mind that that michigan game i remember being there uh the weather was just kind of miserable kind of cold and rainy and um but i i even at nine years old i was like i i don't want to leave my parents talked about leaving and we, i didn't want to leave and uh, and, and to this day, it's the only time, uh, it, it was the last time that I was, uh, I guess till, until the, the COVID year was the last time they'd actually beaten them. So, yeah. um, so that one was there in the Ohio state one for sure. And I think to some extent, the Ohio state one probably means more to me now living in Ohio and just being around like the, uh, the, the culture of Ohio state football, if you will. Um, you know, the, the only other one that I thought, I know somebody mentioned the watch shot, I, I think, um, you know, I, I mean, it, obviously, in, in name was an upset, and certainly was un, un, unexpected. But I would probably put that behind the the Duke one. Th this was just an unexpected one, and IU is a one seed, so I, you can't really say this was an upset. But it was more of just a surprise. But I still go back to that uh, IU UNLV game in the Final Four in 1987, yeah. where it was like, I, I don't know that it was an upset the way they beat them. I think it was an upset how, or it wasn't upset that they beat them, maybe, but an upset in terms of how they beat them. But yeah, that's a good one. Um, that probably doesn't really qualify in the true sense of what the, uh, uh, of, of maybe what the question is asking. Wasn't the score of the remember Ohio, yeah, the Ohio State football game, 31 10 or something. I, I, you could tell I'm forgetting scores. And then the next season, we just so beat this, the hell out of them. Yeah, 42 7. This was, yep. this was true. I was taking a constitutional law. Yes, Jay, I took a constitutional law class at, at IUPUI in 93. And there was a court case. That said, plaintiff had spray painted three one one zero on a building or a car in Columbus, Ohio, and somehow had been arrested. And then they 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 went through the appeals process and everything. But it was a case law that I had read and and had to comment on in this class. And I just started cracking up when it said Columbus and it said spray painted the numbers thirty one ten on. So some Indiana fan got busted for spray painting the score somewhere. In Columbus, Ohio. What was, the, what was the final ruling on that case then, Coach? I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, the final I, ruling I was I, IU beats Ohio State of football. You do whatever the hell you yeah, want. That's, that's right. That's, that's right. right. You're not held accountable the, for the, the IU win exception. 
<laughs> Very much now, however, looking forward to uh, late night debates about constitutional law between Coach and Jay, replacing debates about Brad Underwood at this year's meetup. That'll be great. Hey, I'm practicing. I, I, I'm practicing for not, this week's not meetup. Not law. Not law, to be clear. Not law, but <laughs> drinking and arguing with Jay. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting ready. Uh, by the way, the only other one that I want to um, mention, we should mention the 84 win over North Carolina. That was obviously a huge yeah. uh, you know, NCAA tournament win over a team with Michael Jordan that was loaded with, um, with pros. I would have to say the weirdest upset was the 2019 victory over Michigan State at Michigan State in the midst of a thir- losing 12 out of 13, and the one game you win is over one of the three best teams in the country in an arena where you never win. And Juwan Morgan... Was he? He got hurt early in that game, didn't he? When that, isn't that he the game where he got hurt yeah, early and so. had to leave the game in the first half? Duran, yeah, Duran came ball in, and I think his shoulder. Yeah, yeah, Duran played really well. Justin Smith was awesome. You know, Romeo wasn't efficient, but made some big plays. Allen Devonte hit a bunch of big shots. That was just the most absurd. I don't, I didn't even know what to do in the post game show. It's just like, what do we do with this? Um, but it was, that was a great one. That was a really, really I good one. I bet that's one that someday Tom Izzo will just sit back and be like, how the hell, the hell did I lose that game? No, he's did just going to continue muttering Justin moment. Smith to himself over and over yeah. again, who somehow was a Michigan state yeah. killer. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> that's true too. Yelling Justin about transfers Smith. and yeah. who knows what else. Yep. Um, all right. That is it for, uh, the questions. And so I guess that means that is it for the show. And so that is going to do it for us on this week's edition of the Assembly Call. If you want to see us do the show live, join us at assemblycall.com on Thursday nights for the live broadcast of our Assembly Call radio recording. Thank you, as always, to Bob Thompson for producing our music. Thank you to John Ringer of rigdesign.com for designing our logos. And thank you, as always, for listening. We'll be back to talk IU hoops again with you, well, hopefully Sunday, but definitely again next Thursday. Uh, until then, take it from me, Robert Johnson. Keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim, and go Hoosiers. All right, I gotta get out of here, folks. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. Here I come, Mr. Stun Sony. And we should mention while we have Chad here, Chad, did you get a chance to talk about Hoosier Morning After yet? No, Since no. You... I was just gonna mention this could be for everyone that's still here. So I'll be firing yes. up again with Hoosier Morning After. Uh, this season as my phone rings on me. Um, uh, again, if those of you who haven't seen it yet, it's a post-game show done the morning after every game. Uh, we as Hoosier fans tend to be very emotional. Uh, just see the guy that uh, reps this brand uh, after each game. And uh, you, know, you know what that is. It, Let me so just jump you, in real quick. Yeah, exactly. So you know that uh, sometimes you need to need the, the night to sit on it and let, let those initial uh, emotions settle. So that was the premise of uh, starting the show. Uh, I think this is the third season or so. Uh, last year, Martha, the mop lady, if you follow him on Twitter, uh, joins me as my co-host and I bring a few other people on. Coach has been on a her. few times. Jared follow joined her us. on Twitter. Yep, her. yep, her on Twitter, correct. Um, Andy will get on eventually, uh, one of these days, Ryan, if he happens to be on this coast, but, uh, IU artifacts is on with us. Um, we're going to get, uh, Tyler who's defected to us to, uh, Iowa. He's going to be on either, uh, the show before the Iowa game to help preview Iowa or on that actual show. 
Um, and then a few other uh, uh, celebrity type ones that I'm kind of working on. So we'll tease those as we go on. But you can go to YouTube and search awesome. Who's Your Morning After and uh, subscribe for me or follow me on Twitter at General Chadwick. Yeah. And we're getting you on another episode of the show so you can be on the whole time and give the proper uh, you know, pitch for it early on. But yeah, Who's Your Morning After? A great addition to your IU podcast menu uh, to listen to because there's a lot of us out there that can't get enough. So it's always nice to have another smart IU basketball conversation, which you guys always do. Thank so, you. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. okay. So by I, the way, miss, I miss did having tease... Tyler on the beat. It was nice, nice hearing him with Alex. Although it's still jarring to see him like tweeting stuff about Iowa football in my timeline. I'm like, what? The I, heck? I, I have no. I have hovered over that unfollow button so many times, <laughs> and then I'm like, no, I, I can't. can't. It. It's it's such great content. Yeah. And yeah. and you know why? When he starts, when he starts of... tweeting about Caitlin Clark, you're probably going to find yourself. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> they can punch it. That'll be the breaking point. But yeah, for now. Okay, now. Speaking of Tyler Tashman, so I teased this earlier, and I wasn't there to play it during Media Day. Absolutely one of the greatest greatest moments in Big Ten Media Day history is Tyler Tashman asking Woody about Malik Renew's burger. If you haven't heard this audio, it's incredible. I have it right here, uh, the whole thing. So let's listen here real quick. He has like a burger at Big Woods. Have you tried it? Where? What is that? Like, a, like Big Woods, a restaurant in Bloomington. Like, through an NIL deal, he has his own burger. He has his own burger? Yeah, like, named after What the him. hell? He, he, should he, he shouldn't be eating burgers. <laughs> Is it a veggie burger or something? No, it's got bacon and cheese and stuff. Oh, so you telling on him, man. Well, so I, I, I thought you knew about it. I didn't mean to get him in trouble. <laughs> no, I didn't know about it. Oh, okay. I go to a certain, a few spots in Bloomington, need. I don't know about all the other places. I yeah. guess the burger's working. Uh, I guess it's working. Well, yeah, his his body fat's down and he's trimmed down, so that hopefully he's not eating too many of them. About uh, Malik improving his Uh, body. I am clipping so many individual little snippets from that to use for later. (laughs) Just perfect. I did not realize that was Tyler who had set him up for that question. What's what's so great about it, too, is that it gives you a glimpse into why these recruits fall for for Woody because he lets his media guard down and you get to just really sense... Uh, how Woody is, but uh, Tyler, I think we're all going to curse him because he's such a good writer and, and a reporter, and he's going to find that Caitlin side that's going to make us all fall in love with him and, and hate him even more uh, in some way. I, okay, so I have a, I have an admission to make. I decided something this off season after last year. I'm done with the Caitlin Clark hate and like being annoyed by it. She's such a phenomenal player. I just want to enjoy it. I know it's annoying how she gets overpromoted and all that stuff. And that's I'm waiting until AC After Dark, so hopefully no one's listening as I say this. Um, and, and check back during the season because I'm sure I'll get annoyed. And I want to beat her. Don't get me wrong. But she's done a lot for women's basketball to help raise the profile. And I really just kind of want to enjoy watching her play because she is a phenomenal player. Um, and so I'm, I'm going to try this year to not get so worked up about the other stuff that she has no control over. Yes, some of her antics can be a little bit annoying, but I kind of just want to enjoy the great basketball player that she is. Ugh, that was that was hard to get out, um, oh, but this is that's, that's how I'm feeling here in the offseason. You guys First are just when you have me. a no problem. One's, no one's going to support me. Okay. <laughs> are you just pulling a Ryan and trying to get everything on record so you can say in the future that you were right? Is that what we're doing here? <laughs> That, that would be a very Ryan thing to do. Time has proven me right on virtually nothing. <laughs> <laughs>
But seriously, I just hey. you know she's she's a great player, so just want to enjoy watching her play. That is that is inarguable. And and beating her, got to beat her. Should have beat. Hey, no shout one. out to our chat mob today. Really good conversations from the start to the end. I was peeking in on it, and they you know. We we appreciate. That Jay guy got uh, a little bitter in there at some point, though. Yeah, it went downhill once Jay joined. But um, besides yeah, how did that, he beat the filters. I, I don't know. I thought we blocked him. Yeah. I don't Although know. he is trying to get Connor to print the uh, bone bow shirt, so I mean, <laughs> he true. is doing trying to do some that good is. in the world in there. So there's not all is not completely lost. My other my other idea for a shirt, if we get Liam Boogie Fland. And Derek Queen is a shirt that just has a silhouette of the four coaches walking like in somewhere that says the trip was good. Kind of like the nice. kick was good, but in honor of their trip, their trip, all four of them to go see those three guys. If we land nice. them all, the trip was good. That I, think, was... I think actually with that shirt, Andy, I think I overheard from Connor that Jay's going to start an offshoot called uh, Home Alley instead of Home Field. And it's going to be all those <laughs> kind of off the cuff shirts. <laughs> Uh, moderately offensive, I would assume. And then yes, you of just kind of move. Yes. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. Well, I got to go. Right. I got to go get my son to bed for real this time. This was uh good night, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Good to be here. Chad, thanks for hopping on, man. Sorry. Yeah, I appreciate appreciate you, uh, a little it's more organized. That was totally my fault. I apologize. No for worries. All righty. All right. We'll talk to you all soon.